I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headlines today Speaker Nancy Pelosi is stepping down as the Democratic leader for the next Congress. Kevin McCarthy is attempting to step up. Hakeem Jeffries is waiting in the wings. The question now is what happens next? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we do want to get behind the headlines of the day. Of course, the dominant headline about Speaker Nancy Pelosi announcing in the chamber this morning that uh, she would not seek leadership election uh, in the new Congress, the 118th Congress, which begins in January. And in doing so, she also said that it was time for the Democrats to have a new generation of leaders. Uh, of course, currently, the the three leaders at the top of the Democratic side of the aisle, uh, Steny Hoyer, Jim Clyburn, and Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, all of whom are, are in their 80s. And so it was a very clear signal. And within moments after the Speaker concluded, Steny Hoyer uh, announced his support for Hakeem Jeffries, 58-year-old Democrat from New York, and uh, that he is very likely to be the next Democratic leader there in the House of Representatives. And we know Jim Clyburn is already on board with Hakeem Jeffries, so that one seems almost a bit of a coronation there on the Democratic side. We'll see how those other leadership positions shake out. On that, on the Republican side, of course, Kevin McCarthy is positioned uh, as the leader of the Republicans. But remember, to become the Speaker of the House, you have to get 218 votes. It's not enough to just uh, get your party. You have to get to 218, which means for the Republicans, they got to get everybody uh, if uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the leader. So that is creating a lot of uh, thrust and parry when it comes to the Freedom Caucus in the Republican side of the House. And so we'll see how all of that plays out. And as we dig into what that might look like, so what would it look like if we had a Speaker Kevin McCarthy and a minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries? What does that look like? How does that play out? Really interesting, right after the midterm elections, uh, Speaker-to-be Kevin McCarthy previewed a focus on some of the investigations that the Republicans were lining up to execute as part of the House Oversight Committee. We have a responsibility in the House to hold a government to be accountable. That means with your tax dollars, that means what's going on. Why don't we know where the origins of COVID began? Why don't we know what happened those last 60 days of Afghanistan so we never have 13 gold star families again? And why don't we know why the DOJ went after parents and called them terrorists because they simply wanted to go to a school board meeting and have a say in their kids' education? But yes, those are just the start of the ability that we have in accountability. And remember, with that gavel, regardless of the number of how high or over 218 you are, you have subpoena power and we will use it. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. 
started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So I think that is a preview of coming attractions as it relates to the Republicans being in the majority in the House of Representatives. Uh, I'm going to go back just a few moments ago when we were talking with Ryan Williamson from R Street, uh, who actually laid out five things that Republicans should do with the new majority. And one of the things that he focused on was, yes, you need to do oversight. That's part of the job. Just make sure it's not punitive, that it's not political, that it's not theatrical, that it's substantive. That's an important part of oversight. Uh, but if they're just doing performative things to get on cable news or to do fundraising emails, uh, I don't think that's good for Democrats. I don't think it's good for Republicans, and I don't think it's good for the country. I don't think it's good for the institution of the House of Representatives. Uh, and yet it seems like that is going to be a theme for a Kevin McCarthy-led Republican majority in the House. Case in point, they have not been sworn in yet as the 118th Congress, but today Representative James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky, who is expected to be the chairman of the Oversight and Accountability Committee, uh, he laid out their top priorities beginning with President Joe Biden and his family. This is an investigation of Joe Biden the president of the United States and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. So that's where they begin. They're not even sworn in yet, and uh, they're laying out the case uh, against the current president, against his son, Hunter Biden, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, in this same press conference this morning, Jim Jordan, who's expected to be the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, followed on Comer's Hill saying that the committee will focus on oversight of the Justice Department and the FBI. Is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. 2022, they raided the president's home 91 days before the election. Maybe it'd be nice if the FBI and the Justice Department just stayed out of it and let we the people decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us. That's supposed to be how America works. So this is the focus on the Judiciary Committee, the political nature of the Justice Department, and the linkage now to what was happening with the Hunter Biden story Again, just 15 days before we have a presidential election. And I would add six weeks before anyone takes a gavel. So these are the priorities they're laying out. Again, oversight is important. O oversight should be done, has to be done. It is part of the job in the House of Representatives. Let's at least wait till the 118th Congress is gaveled in the first week of January, and the new members are all sworn in. Uh, 
and the speaker actually becomes the speaker by vote of the body. And then let's start looking at what we should actually do. And I'm going to go back to our conversation with Ryan Williamson. I wish the Republicans were listening to what Ryan laid out. He said the leadership should open up the legislative process. Let's do real legislation, real amendments, real debates, real votes on the floor, not just behind closed doors with the leaders uh, already having a predetermined outcome. Let's make sure that they continue to modernize and look at ways to be more efficient, more effective, and more transparent. The majority, uh, I think, should uh, stop that abuse of proxy voting. Proxy voting is okay when you're in the middle of a pandemic. Being together in the room humanizes the discussion and the debate and changes the conversation. And then we should really get to some fiscal conservatism in terms of let's really check spending, not just when the other party is in power. Whoever's in power, we got to check the spending and we got to get to a different kind of conversation that's not just about politics, not just about power, but is about legislation and about doing what's best for we the people. That's an agenda that everybody should get behind. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.